This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, and we are into the second week of OTAs. Not too much news coming out of, you know, the Packers sphere. I guess some concern still lingering around the David Bakhtiari injury, the fact that he's not fully healed and fully practicing yet. Um, I don't know if you, we kind of talked about this pre-show. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Perry. Just, you know, the fact that maybe the Packers are being noncommittal about it, or maybe there's a lingering concern with the fact that it's been, what, 18, 19 months since the initial injury and he's still not back fully. Yeah, I mean... It's a pretty gruesome injury. We already know he had complications from it. Um, you know, he's a big dude, so it's like he has more weight to put on it is what I, I I'm I don't know. I, I don't know if that comes off wrong or not. Um, but it's just it's a difficult injury, so I'm trying not to overthink it, but it's definitely like something to have my eye on as we get into actual training camp and as we get closer to week one. I agree. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, by all accounts, Kylan Hill, Robert Tunyon and Elton Jenkins are all progressing nicely and they've been kind of in their own little ACL rehab group. So, you know, we'll see what the timeline is for Jenkins. Unsure of what that looks like. I know every ACL injury is different, but the fact that he's also an offensive lineman like David Bakhtiari, you know, curious to see what that kind of recovery process looks like for him. But today since we already kind of talked about OTAs last week and we haven't seen too much new out of training camp just yet, wanted to do an over under um, just some general predictions on the season, what we think um, is going to happen for this team and how this record will compare to the 2021 season. So before we dive into our kind of pre categories, you and I talked about this right before we hopped on to record some rookie predictions for that wide receiver room. So you said you had a number in mind as far as rookie touchdowns. And I'm really curious what this number is because I also have a number in mind and I want to also know who you're including. Is this just Watson and and Dobbs? No, it's all three of them. Okay. Okay. Um, Not that I think like my number changes if you remove Samori Toure, but um, my number for rookie wide receiver touchdowns is eight. Um, same exact same. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I think I'm giving them like the first quarter of the season is sort of like a grace period, and then you know, I think maybe Watson having six would be like a really nice rum number for his rookie season. 
And if Romeo can get, you know, two, maybe three in there, um, I'd be pretty satisfied with that. I, I don't have any, I wish I had a more um, substantial explanation. I just felt like eight for them over the course of a 17 week season um, would be a really nice place to start. Yeah. And I mean, I know the pedigree is obviously higher. There's bigger expectations for this group considering you have a second rounder and a fourth rounder in the mix, but MVS is the most recent example that I think of. And he only had two touchdowns his rookie season. He contributed, but he didn't get into the end zone a ton. So I think eight touchdowns is fair, whether it's four and four, six and two, however you split it, you know, maybe Christian Watson pulls a double digit touchdown season and becomes the next Jamar chase and everybody's happy. But, you know, I think, I think tempering the expectations, um, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is going to spread the ball around and still give guys like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb touches eight for the rookie class seems really fair. So Maybe let's segue. We'll save the overall record for last because I think that's really interesting. But let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. We just said he's got a rookie wide receiving class. He's got to get used to, you know, new targets outside of Devontae Adams. Over under seven interceptions for Rodgers in 2022. He had four in 2021. Ooh. So that's taking into account wide receiver error, basically. Yeah, like tipped balls, batted passes, just, you know, weird stuff that can happen. I still think it's under. Okay. I, I do think too. Aaron Rodgers has become so interception prone, and I almost feel like, and it may be to his detriment this season, right, where he's less risky, but I think he sticks with that path, especially now that he's throwing to rookie wide receivers. So I can't see him throwing more than seven. It might be at seven. Like if I was betting, this might be a push. Yeah. And I think the the interesting thing too is like, does having rookie wide receivers make him take more risks? Because he it's like, you know, there's growing pains and it's a learning curve. Like, will he take shots? Because, you know, this is kind of an all in thing. Or does he just, you know, protect the football even more and kind of go close to the vest? And it's not on the list, but you know, he threw 37 touchdowns then on the flip side of that to the four picks in 2021. So over under 37 touchdowns. For Rodgers? Yeah, for Rodgers. Mm, under. Same. Under, yeah. And it's not even the – I mean, Devontae was the red zone target, but I just feel like they're going to win in more ways and they're just going to be a little bit lower scoring. And that's going to be because the defense is going to be hopefully so good that they're not going to need to score, you know, 30 plus points a game. Um, And I think this probably leads into another over under that we have, but I can't see him. I mean, if Rogers throws 40 touchdowns again this season, amazing, but I think it's going to be less than that. Yeah. And I mean, we're hoping also going into this that, you know, like you said, the defense is contributing interceptions or hell, a couple pick sixes would be nice. We're hoping that special teams can flip the field if they return a kick for a touchdown in 2022. I don't know what I'll do. I'll be very excited. Obviously, (laughs) just putting that into the universe. It hasn't happened for the Packers in a long time. But yeah, it does segue into you know, the Dylan and Jones conversation in 2021, they combined for 2,306 scrimmage yards. So this is including receiving and rushing yards. Do we think that tandem has a better year in 2022 or are they under that total? Uh, this number is hard because if you had said over, if it was 2000, I'd say over. Yeah. But 
to have over 2,300 all-purpose yards between the two of them, that's a high bar. That's a very high bar. I'm just going to say over. Okay. And we're factoring in, you know, of course, Aaron Jones played in 15 games. A.J. Dillon was able to play in all 17, but he only started two of those games because of Aaron Jones. Um, I guess maybe you could factor Kylan Hill or Patrick Taylor into that total, but I don't necessarily see them, you know, taking too many snaps away from guys like Dylan Jones. Maybe they're utilized in things like our favorite pony package. So I agree. I think it's going to be over. And I think, you know, where we're really going to see some damage in this, this all purpose yards total is in the receiving game. I think yeah. that those numbers will improve in 2022 from 2021. Exactly. Cause I mean, Jones has been one of Rogers's favorite receiving targets for a couple of seasons now and losing, Devonde, you know, you. I think the conversation has been surrounding Lazard and Cobb as these guys that he trusts very much, but it does leave off the fact that he does trust and Aaron Jones has been able to produce. So is A.J. Dillon just with a couple of seasons less under his belt when it comes to that receiving game. So this next one is tricky. At least I, th- I think it's tricky. So I have red zone offense on here and I have over or under 10th in the league. In 2021, they were first, obviously, overall in red zone offense. And then in 2021, they dropped all the way to 19th overall. So, really? Yeah. So, top 10, will they make it over under? Under. I think they're back in the teens somewhere. Okay. Why? <laughs> um, I mean, if they were 19th last season, the offense was still very, very good last season. I don't know if the offense is going to be better. It's going to look different. Mm-hmm. I just think they're going to be less red zone trips. I don't know. I just don't I just don't see them being as efficient down there or at least even getting to the red zone as often. That's see that's really interesting because to me, I feel like maybe there'll be less trips, but when they're down there, they'll capitalize more. And I know that red zone offense isn't including special teams, but we obviously have to assume that, you know, they'll be converting some of these field goals and some of the miscues that they had from special teams. So, you know, I, I think I'm with you though. I think under, I think maybe 12th or 13th would make sense for them. I think they'll be in the top half of the league, but I don't think they'll be pushing the top 10, but agreed that they'll still be, you know, productive as far as the offense is concerned. So flipping then to the defensive side of the ball, Let's talk about this new front seven, or I guess some new gadgets for the front seven and sack totals over or under 45 sacks in 2022. The Packers had 39 in 2021. So when I hear that number, it sounds high, but then I'm thinking about it's very possible that both Rashawn and Preston Smith, reach 10 each or more. Um, But that would also mean that the rest of the rotation would have to fill in. I'm going to say under 45. I think they're going to be a really, really stout front seven. And I think they're going to get to the quarterback. I don't know if it's always going to turn into sacks enough to be reach 45, but I don't think it's going to be far off from that number. Um, If you're looking at like individuals, I think this is Rashawn Gary's breakout season where he does hit that double digit number and um, really comes into his own, but 45 feels high. 
I'm going to disagree. I do think it feels high, but I also have lofty expectations for this front seven with, you know, the addition of Jaron Reed. They've got Devontae Wyatt, and obviously Devontae Wyatt probably isn't going to see, you know, a hell of a ton of snaps right away considering he is still a rookie. But with Kenny Clark, like you said, Rashawn Gary kind of coming into the season that he had in 2021 and building off of that, Preston Smith, giving these guys options. I think 45 feels good. I like the over on this one or, you know, exactly like you said, kind of, kind of a push at 45. Um, but I'm what curious. What did they have in 2020? In 2020, let's see, they had, you can just hear Bojack walking around in the background because he's so excited. 41. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I hope you're right, but it does feel like a lot. It does. I mean, it feels lofty and I just feel like, you know, if there's maybe this is a, this is a good segue into this next category because I think, you know, where one of these categories is going to shine, it'll help improve another statistical category and that's interceptions. So we've got over under 20 picks in 2022. They had 18 in 2021 and they had 11 picks only in 2020, 2020. I'm going on over. Okay. I'm going to go over. I think that secondary, as listeners have heard me say a thousand times over, could end up being one of the best secondaries in the league. And some of the things that continue to improve for young players are ball skills. And I see that happening for Eric Stokes. We already know that Rules Tool Douglas is an interception monster. Um, Amos can be right place, right time. And then, you know, you hope that Jair um, and Savage, same deal, just continue to be dominant. So 20 feels right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also taking the over, especially like you said, if you look at Eric Stokes, you know, he was, didn't he lead the team in passes defense? Yeah, with 14 and still, you know, had the one pick. So if he converts any of those passes defense that kind of hit his hands, into picks, a healthy Jair coming back in the rotation. I feel like, I feel like 18 was, you know, incredible for a secondary that was missing Jair. Right. Still really stepped up with five, but I mean, hell, even Devondre Campbell had two picks. I was I going think. to say, there's always <laughs> those players that come up with a handful that aren't in the secondary too. And like, you never know. Um, but exactly. My thought process was similar. Like Devondre Campbell had two, you know, let's see, like he might grab another, Let's see what Quay Walker can do. So 20 does feel very doable for this team. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Andy Herman put it on Twitter a couple days ago that, you know, weren't they, they were getting into the funky stuff on defense. That's what he heard um, from Joe Barry. So the, the funky stuff hopefully will bring this defense more picks this season. Um, Final category that we've got is overall record for the season. Obviously finishing 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 13 and 4. Where do you see the Packers ending in 2021? Do they have or 2022? Do they have a better record or a worse record? I think it's going to be the same. You 13 went, and 4? Yeah. I went through it when the when the schedule came out and I'm definitely more conservative, but I think it's very very possible that You know, the Packers have a couple of really difficult stretches and they definitely have some difficult road games, like thinking about the Bills in Buffalo. But they're going up against the AFC East, the NFC East, like some divisions that just don't have very competitive 
teams. Um, and I think if they want to get that one seed in the NFC, it is very much for the taking this season. See, I do this every year and every year, you know, it doesn't really make a hell of a lot of difference because the Packers finish with the same record anyway, but you know, weren't all of their losses like one score games too. I mean, outside of obviously the blowout week one with the saints in 2021, but the chiefs was a one score game. The Vikings, you know, was a, a loss by a field goal. The lions in garbage time was a, a touchdown loss. So yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Packers, will be in a lot of close games. I'm just wondering if maybe, you know, as this team acclimates and learns without guys like Devontae Adams on the field, if, you know, there's a little bit of a regression and you're looking at like a 12 and five season, I do I mean, still think they make the playoffs. Obviously. I mean, fine. I mean, they're going to win the division. This is, Oh yeah. Yeah. This isn't some, you know, question mark. I, I don't put that much stock into losing Devontae based in, to like, affect whether they make the playoffs no. or win vision or not. Um, I think they have some difficulties in their schedules in terms of how much time they're on their road and like back and mm-hmm. forth, but like really the Rams, potentially the Pats and the Bills are like the only competitive games and they'll drop one or two against division rivals like they always do. Um, except when Matt LaFleur decides to go six, no, but <laughs> I just think going 13 and four again is not out of the realm of possibilities. Like this team has a winning mindset. It doesn't matter who's suited up and who's not, you know, who's wearing 17 or not. Like they go into every game expecting to win. That's the culture. So. Yeah. I I do really like this home schedule for the Packers and the way that that shook out. I mean, I think, you know, the Bucks on the road is tough. You mentioned the Bills. That's a tough game on the road. But to have, you know, like the Rams coming to Lambeau in December, to have the Titans in mid-November, you know, these are games that if they were on the road, maybe you'd think a little bit differently about them being a toss-up. But to have them at Lambeau Field under the lights, you know, the Packers don't lose at Lambeau. At least we haven't seen that them do that. And I agree with you that I don't think Devontae really changes much from that perspective. Yep. I made a bad except in the playoffs joke, but ignore me. <laughs> well, my mic didn't pick it up, but maybe that's just, you know, maybe I'm distracted by the dog in the background. But any other, like, you know, over-unders that interest you? Any categories as far as, like, you know, or predictions for the Packers season, whether it's as a whole or individual players and what their numbers might look like? No, I think my thoughts are Sean Gary breakout season. Um. I guess where, you know, you asked about red zone offense, but I am curious if the Packers defense finally makes it into top 10 this season, just like ranked overall defense. My answer is yes. Um, Maybe I'm a little too high on this team, but I think they've invested a lot of capital into that side of the ball. And um, there isn't a weak link to me. Um, in any of the defensive phases from front seven, middle to to the secondary. So if Joe Barry can kind of put it all together, this could very much be a top 10 defense in my mind. Yeah, and I know you're talking like holistically as, you know, the just overall defense. But I, d- I did think it was really interesting comparing the seasons that, 
you know, I thought the defense was better in 2021 than they were in 2020, but they were eighth in red zone defense in 2020 and then 30th in red zone defense in 2021. But I think, you know, part of that is they were playing their best football towards the very end of the season. And unfortunately, you know, it wasn't enough in the divisional round, but I think the players, you know, and they've even said some of this in the OTA interviews, they know that their best football can be in front of them. Kenny Clark said it was the best defensive line room he's been a part of since he joined the team in 2016. So there's a lot of really exciting things. I think when you look at, you know, the secondary getting back to full strength, Russell Douglas saying they can be one of the best, if not the best in the NFL. So it really feels like the defense could be the strength of the team, which is always weird to say when you have Aaron Rodgers under center. True. But yeah, I mean, this was a nice, nice quick show over under predictions. Feel free to tweet us your own predictions, your own thoughts on the over unders on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram at PAX, which she said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find Maggie on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. We are almost to mandatory mini camp and training camp. And before you know it, it's already June. The season will be upon us. So enjoy the off season while you can, because pretty soon we have more Packers football on deck. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down.